Little honey bees flying around, little green peas from the ground, buttermilk biscuits nice and brown. Bring it to Tennessee farm table, butter beans, peas, beets and chard, chickens running in the yard, catfish frying in that lard. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Cast on skillets, good and hot. Watch it steam and crack and pop. Cornbread bacon in that stove. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Pick them maters, good and ripe. Drop in black gang candy stripes. Look at them loading down those vines. Bring it to Tennessee farm table. Bring it to Tennessee Farm Table. Welcome to the Tennessee Farm Table, a show dedicated to the people of our Appalachian region who strive to make our community a better place through growing, preparing, and preserving our regional foods and agricultural products. This is your hostess, Amy Campbell. Some people have a vision and follow through and truly impact the lives of others through their philanthropy and boundless energies. Stan Brock, founder and president of Remote Area Medical, was such a person. He passed away August 29th at the age of 82, and he was one of East Tennessee's shining stars of the good fight. So today, I honor him with this interview I recorded with him in 2015. In it, He discusses the work of remote area medical and the work of transforming at-risk youth through the Ram Ranger program, which is based on Ram's River's Edge Farm, located in Granger County, Tennessee. Also in the show, we're joined by Fred Sossman with a potluck radio segment on gritty bread from Roan Mountain, Tennessee. And Mary Constantine, food editor of the Knoxville News Sentinel, shares a go-to recipe for pimento cheese. Thank you so much for tuning in today by podcast or radio program. It is such an honor to have your good company. Now let's get started. For those listening who may not be familiar with Remote Area Medical, Remote Area Medical or RAM, was founded by Stan Brock and is a major nonprofit provider of mobile medical clinics. The mission is to prevent pain and alleviate suffering by providing free quality health care to those in need. They do this by delivering free dental, vision, and medical services to the underserved and uninsured individuals. RAM's corps of more than 120,000 humanitarian volunteers, licensed dental, vision, medical, and veterinary professionals have treated more than 740,000 people. 67,000 animals, and they've delivered $120 million worth of free healthcare services. So let's hear now this interview I recorded with Stan in 2015. Well, the the mission of of course of this organization in its uh, 30-year history uh, is to provide uh, free care uh, for the underserved, um, and this is not uh, this is not necessarily just for the homeless and the uh, and, and and the unemployed or the poor. 
it's for the underserved and uh, there are a lot of places here in the United States we were at one uh, just a couple of weeks ago in southwest Virginia uh, where there's a great shortage of uh, medical providers I think there was only like one dentist in the entire area so every year thousands of people come to our event in Wise County Virginia uh, and we are sort of their single source it would appear um, they come there <clears throat> they spend three or four days there and they get their teeth fixed and they get their eyes examined and maybe get a pair of eyeglasses and then they go to see the doctor um, and, uh, and receive treatment and advice you know for things like diabetes and, um, uh, and heart disease and so on so that's that's the mission of this organization not only here in the United States but overseas um, in places like uh, Haiti and Guyana and Africa and the Philippines uh, we also respond to, um, uh, to disasters. Uh, uh, we had a team recently in Nepal after the earthquake there. We're expanding our, um, our disaster uh, uh, activities and response uh, because whether it's to do with global warming or not, the fact of the matter is that these natural disasters are coming fast and furious one after the other, whether they're hurricanes, typhoons, or, or earthquakes, and now add to that uh, unfortunate situation is the propensity for, um, for man-made uh, disasters uh, caused by people uh, who would seek to do harm uh, to the folks here in the United States and, and, uh, and other parts of the world. Um, so we're expanding our activities uh, in the uh, disaster area as well. But <coughs> It's vitally important uh, to get to the youth uh, and to get to them early uh, to establish um, they're, 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 what they're going to do for, the, for, for, for their for their whole for their whole life. Um, uh, if 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 you grow up without opportunity and you grow up in poverty, um, there is possibly a way that you can escape from that and it's education and um, uh, here in the United States kids do have access to education unfortunately in a lot of places that we remote area medical works um, kids don't have access to education but they do here in the United States but, be, but beyond the educational experience that they obtain uh, in, their, in their schools where they live uh, they need to have opportunities to see beyond that and that's what the Ram Ranger uh, program seeks to do is, is giving an opportunity to, uh, to children in their formative years uh, to experience other uh, facts of life that perhaps they wouldn't have an opportunity to, uh, to witness uh, in, in the places where they live in these, particularly in these urban areas. And you are listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. My guest today is Stan Brock, recorded in 2015. He was the founder and president of Remote Area Medical, headquartered in Rockford, Tennessee. This is a tribute show to honor Stan Brock, his work and the program he envisioned called Ram Rangers, which transforms lives of at-risk youth through programming at Ram's River's Edge Farm, located in Granger County, Tennessee. 
After a short break, we'll join back up and hear more of this recorded interview with Stan Brock about that program. Support for the Tennessee Farm Table is brought to you in part by Century Harvest Farms and Century Harvest Farms Foundation in Greenback, Tennessee. A sustainable farm in East Tennessee producing 100% grass-fed beef and other wholesome farm products. Preservative-free grass-fed charcuterie, preserves, pickles, and jams. Also home to the community-serving, food-insecurity-fighting Century Harvest Farms Foundation and hosting the Century Harvest Fall Festival on the farm October 6th from 12 until 6, with the theme, Food Insecurity is Scary. With sustainably sourced and produced foods, kids' play area, pumpkin carving, a spooky scavenger hunt, hay rides face painting, local live music, and for adults, the Oktoberfest beer garden, all supporting the mission of the Century Harvest Farms Foundation from the Ground Up program. Details at centuryharvest.com The Hispanic Outreach Leadership Association of the Lakeway area invites the community to its fourth annual Lakeway Latin Food Festival happening today, September 1st, from 11 until 4 at the Rose Center in Morristown, Tennessee. The Lakeway Latin Food Festival will feature food from various Latin countries, games, art, kids' activities, music, and other surprises. And links to these events and all of my guests, as always, at TennesseeFarmTable.com under that link that says Listen to the Show. And now let's hear the second part of this 2015 interview I recorded with Stan Brock as he describes the Ram Ranger program carried out at Ram's River's Edge Farm in Granger County, Tennessee. The the Ram Ranger uh, program is uh, essentially for for youth, uh, particularly in the 14-year-old age age bracket and, and slightly younger. But it's for it's it's for children uh, that need opportunities, children that need uh, inspiration and, and and direction. We're talking about um, uh, children uh, from places like the Pine Ridge um, uh, Native American Reservation up there in Pine Ridge, South Dakota. Um, we've been working with some of the kids up there um, with our. Um, with our equine uh, pro- program, and um, uh, and then it's for it's for kids uh, from like the south side of Chicago and uh, East St. Louis. Uh, we're going to be in East St. Louis, in fact, uh, the week after next um, uh, with a with a medical program. Um, but uh, um, and of course, from 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 Appalachia and from right here in in Knoxville, Tennessee. In other words, um, the activities that we are going to um, uh, have going at the Ram Ranger uh, camp uh, that we've just acquired are going to be uh, uh, motivational, inspirational activities, and activities that they would not have a chance to experience. Uh, living where they live. In other words, uh, activities that involve farm animals, and activities that involve uh, horseback riding, um, 
we, we have our own airstrip out there. And um, uh, so can you imagine uh, a group of 14-year-old children being, uh, having an opportunity uh, to sit down with an instructor out there on our farm, on our private uh, airport, uh, and, and, and listen to what makes an airplane fly? How does an airplane fly? Not only, not only the, um, uh, the theory behind it, but then to be able to sit in the cockpit of a small airplane and actually take off and, um, and be able to manipulate the controls of that airplane. Um, this, this is an experience that for a 14-year-old kid from the south side of Chicago might say to that uh, child, wow, maybe one day I could be a pilot. Uh, or one, maybe one day I could be an airplane mechanic. Uh, and um, uh, so that's what it's all about, inspiring kids to achieve. Uh, and um, uh, we're just looking forward to getting the program going. We've been dabbling in it now for a number of years. Uh, for example, down there in our activities down in the upper Amazon in the country of Guyana, in the Ram Ranger program there, what we're talking to the kids about is, hey, you don't need to cut down the rainforest to plant your crops uh, for your survival. You see, uh, uh, for, for thousands and thousands of years, the system down there in the Amazon has been, you go out and you cut down a patch of rainforest and you set fire to it when it dries, and then you plant your corn and your cassava, um, which is your means of survival. Well, you don't need to cut down the rainforest to do that. You can actually plant the same crops on the open savanna. And there happens to be thousands and thousands of square miles of open savanna. And many of these Native American people in that part of the upper Amazon live on the savanna. So why are they all hiking to the rainforest to cut it down to plant crops when they could actually plant those crops right outside their, their, their house where they're domicile on the savanna. And, um, <clears throat> but you can't, it's very difficult to teach people um, who have grown up in that culture and they're now in their 20s and 30s and 40s to say, hey, there's a different way to do it. But you get those young people, those 12, 13 and 14 year olds and show them how to do it, um, that's the way. Sure is. Get them young. <laughs> Absolutely. And, um... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a product of World War II. And in World War II, every patch of, of land in the middle of the city of London or wherever it was, there was something growing on it, and it was food. The Victory Gardens, they were called. And um, uh, <laughs> Case in point, right behind this building here, uh, Karen Wilson, one of our um, one of our volunteers here, she planted a tomato plant, um, probably about a month and a half ago. Um, every afternoon, I go out there, and there are tomatoes growing on that plant, and they're ready to eat. Um, <laughs> and so, um, it it just goes to show, that with a little initiative. And the sort of World War II victory um, uh, uh, a garden idea in mind, 
um, that people uh, don't necessarily have to go down to the uh, to the grocery store um, and um, when they can grow the stuff in their in in their own backyard or even on top of the roof and we really want to hear from those retired members of the uh, of the greater Knoxville community um, uh, that have had so many uh, experiences in their lives in their business and so on um, and now they're retired and perhaps they have um, the time on their hands uh, we can use those people over here at remote area medical in Rockford Tennessee we've got a beautiful place here and um, uh, so uh, you retired folks out there that are looking for something to do, uh, we can use your skills. So please get in touch with us at Remote Area Medical, ramusa.org, uh, or call us on the phone, 579-1530, and uh, uh, we'd need to hear from you. If you've just joined us, you've been listening to an interview I recorded in 2015 with Stan Brock, founder and president of Remote Area Medical, specifically on the topic of the Ram Rangers program, which is conducted here in Tennessee at Ram's River's Edge Farm that is located in Granger County, Tennessee. So today we've been remembering and honoring Stan Brock with his own words about his own work and very saddened by his death last week. To connect directly with RAM, help them carry out their work, or volunteer, I have links to RAM and all of my guests, always at TennesseeFarmTable.com, under that link that says, Listen to the Show. Long live the good work of Stan Brock. In addition to the Tennessee Farm Table Show as a podcast, the program is also a radio show, which is broadcast every Saturday morning from 9 to 9.30 a.m. on the radio waves from the WDVX Knoxville studio in downtown Knoxville, Tennessee. WDVX is a non-commercial, listener-supported radio station and does not receive any support from universities or national public radio. Support for WDVX Radio comes from homegrown listeners like yourselves, volunteers, and businesses who believe in the mission of WDVX. WDVX delivers a hearty helping of variety programming for the whole community 24-7 for over 20 years now. Details at WDVX.com. Now let's join our friend Fred Sossman from Johnson City, Tennessee. This is Potluck Radio. I'm Fred Saussman. It's one of those dishes that tastes much better than it sounds. It's called gritty bread, and it has a long history. Susan Shelton, originally of Elizabethton, Tennessee, says the exact origin of gritty bread is a mystery in her family. Her great-grandparents made it in the late 1800s in the Carter County, Tennessee community of Cove Creek near Roan Mountain. The bread itself is ground filled corn mixed with a little baking soda and buttermilk until it made a thick batter poured into a pan that was preheated with lard and bacon grease. It doesn't rise, and so it's basically two crusts put together with a little gummy stuff in the middle. 
And Susan Shelton says gritty bread doesn't require a fancy type of corn at all. I think when it first started up in the mountains, what my mother always told me was that they didn't have the rosiniers like we have now. They didn't have the, everybody had the field corn and the people ate it and the livestock ate it. Grandmother would cut the kernels off the corn and we'd take them out and granddaddy would then put it in by the handful. He had a long green bench and he'd put the grinder on the end of the bench and straddle it and start the grinding and grind it into an oatmeal-like consistency. One of my jobs as I got older was running the batter from the backyard into the kitchen where it would be poured into the pans that came out of the oven sizzling hot with the bacon grease. Bakes really fast because it's very thin. It was not only a meal, it was a celebration. It was a time when the whole family, extended if they were able, came back to, to Run Mountain to eat gritty bread because it only happened once a year when the field corn was available. And that was all we had on the table. There were no sides. It was a gritty bread meal. For Potluck Radio, I'm Fred Saussman. Thanks. Uh, this is Stan Brock of Remote Area Medical at ramusa.org, and you're listening to the Tennessee Farm Table. In coming up, we have Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville News Sentinel, with some recipes for pimento cheese. <laughs> And now it's In the Kitchen with Mary Constantine, food writer for the Knoxville New Sentinel. If you're a pimento cheese lover like I am, you might want to try the following recipes. One is from the Tupelo Honey Cafe cookbook, Spirited Recipes from Asheville's New South Kitchen. And the other is from the Blackberry Farm cookbook, Four Seasons of Great Food and the Good Life. The ingredients needed for the Blackberry Farm pimento cheese are six tablespoons of mayo, two tablespoons of pickle juice, one and a half teaspoons of Dijon mustard, one teaspoon of hot sauce, they prefer Frank's red hot sauce, a teaspoon of minced garlic, a half a teaspoon of kosher salt, one teaspoon freshly ground pepper, one roasted red pepper skin seeded and chopped, a half of a cup of pimento pieces drained, and a pound of grated mild or medium sharp cheddar cheese. To prepare it, all you do is stir together the mayonnaise, the pickle juice, the mustard, hot sauce, garlic, salt, and pepper until it's nice and smooth. Then you fold in the red pepper, the pimentas, and the cheddar cheese. Chill for at least 30 minutes before you serve it, and it makes approximately four cups. Now the Tupelo Honey pimento cheese is a warm pimento cheese. Uh, to prepare that, you need 8 ounces of cheddar cheese, shredded, a half of a cup of mayo, a tablespoon of Dijon mustard, a tablespoon of stone ground mustard, a teaspoon of mustard powder, a half a teaspoon of sea salt, a fourth of a teaspoon of freshly ground black pepper, two tablespoons of minced fresh parsley, one half cup finely diced roasted red bell peppers, and some tortilla chips for serving. 
to prepare it, you combine the cheese, the mayonnaise, the mustard, the stone ground mustard, the mustard powder, the salt, the pepper, the parsley, and the roasted bell peppers together in a microwavable dish. Then you place that in the microwave for about 20 seconds or until it's hot through. Or you can put it in a baking pan and in a preheated oven cook it for about 15 minutes. Again, serve that with your favorite tortilla chips. This makes approximately two cups of pimento cheese. This is Mary Constantine with the Tennessee Farm Table. Thank you so much for joining us here today at the Tennessee Farm Table podcast and broadcast. It has been an honor to have your good company. We always love to hear from you on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, or through the website, TennesseeFarmTable.com. I'd sure love to hear from you and swap some recipes and stories. Big thanks to Emmy Sunshine of Madisonville, Tennessee, for the musical arrangement and singing and recording of our theme song. For updated appearances, schedule, news, and her new recording, connect with Emmy Sunshine at TheEmmySunshine.com. We hope you have a good week and keep on digging. This has been a Campbell Creative Incorporated production.